Alrighty. So tonight we have what I think is a, a fun topic. Um, you'll see at first glance it may not look like it's a it's a fun topic, but it's a it's a fun topic and one which is based on a Shiloh which came on the base Hora hotline this week. Um, a girl called up from Eretzisro. He was by I don't remember which one it was, but she was by the um, the grave or the place of one of the Tanoim. Well, not, not one of the times. Sorry, one of the uh, one of the rebbes. She was by one of the rebbes kevarim, and uh, she wanted to know whether she could have a mincha there. So I said, "Well, Pashas and Shulchan you can't." Uh, and she said, "Are you sure?" I said, "I'm sure that Pashas and Shulchan you can't." <laughs> you know, I can't say you know whether there's a minug which may be different. Um, I said I would be cautious to right now just say uh, to Hillam there and Davmincha later on, and uh, you know I will uh, I will get back to you. So here we are. I'm getting back to her now with this uh, with this uh, this this uh, class. So here on the sheet, which will come up in front of you now. So um, hopefully it will be there where it should say there it should be. That um, so you see the title is davening near Kivrit Sadikim. So as you're going to see, it may seem like a strange thing because people go to like graves and they say Tehillim and whatnot all of the time. That's like a regular practice. There's even times during the year where we specifically are seemingly instructed to go ahead and do so. But we'll see what exactly the parameters of this uh, this issue are and whether it's something which is so pashat that it is mutter, or it's actually something which is a consideration, and when there are leniences which are sort of embedded in place that are uh, that are allowed. But what she, when this uh, girl initially called and she wanted to know, is it mutter or not? So I was, uh, what came to mind was this particular sif. So this is in Yoridea, it's in Hilchas Avelus, Shin Samach Zayin, Steve Gimel. And it says clearly, that one is not allowed to walk in a cemetery, or even if it's not a cemetery, an area designated as a cemetery, but within four amos of a body of somebody who's passed away, or of a grave, so whether it's the, the corpse before it was buried or a grave itself, and what you're not allowed to do is walk in any one of those areas with a Sefer Torah reading it. So you're not allowed to learn Torah in the vicinity of a grave or in a cemetery. O Yispala, or Davin. V'hu hadin al And not only is it Aser, don't think, based on these sources, that it's Aser to study Torah only in the event that you're holding a Sefer Torah in your hand and you're studying from the Sefer Torah, even if you go ahead and you do it by heart. Studying Torah in the vicinity of a of a mace is not allowed. Unless, and this is going to be one of the exceptions, unless what you're doing is considered to be unless what you're doing is intended to go ahead and give honor to the deceased. And the simple explanation for this one exception, which we'll elaborate on uh, in a bit, but the, the uh, sorry, one example of this exception is in the time when the uh, at the uh, the funeral when they're giving hespadim. 
So in giving hespedim, when eulogizing the deceased, the deceased may very well be close by the person who's giving the uh, the hesped. And nonetheless, they'll quote psukim, they quote chazal, they do quote all sorts of Torah as they're giving the uh, the hesped. And the reason that's allowed is because the hesped is done to give cover to the mace, to give honor and respect to the to the to the deceased, and therefore. Uh, those types of drushas which are going to be beneficial to the deceased. So that is something which is uh, w- which is allowed. Okay, so that is, that's the initial sif in Shulchan Arch, and now we'll have to see, we're going to go backwards a step to see the Gemara, because this is going to be provide us important information later on, and then we'll move forward in terms of what the parameters are, what are the limitations, what's included in this, and ultimately whether or not it is permitted to daven near Kivet Tzadikim. So where does this come from? So it comes from the Gemara and Brachos. This is source number two over here. The Gemara and Brachos, we're jumping into the middle of a discussion, but we'll try and get the 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 question that the Gemara poses, So because the answer is going to be significant and instructive. So you say, Mesa umishamro in. So it seems to be from earlier sources that the Gemara quotes, that there's going to be a prohibition to daven, say Kriya Shema, daven or learn, if it is one's relative, that means that Meso, it is your deceased relative, Umishamro, and you are serving as the guard over the body. So since you're actively watching a the deceased relative who, watched, who, who uh, passed away, so then you're allowed to go ahead and you are exempt from Kriya but it seems to me that if you're walking through a cemetery, so one would not have that exemption, as if there's no restriction against davening or learning in a cemetery. But, asked the Gemara, that's not true. Because Hatanya didn't we learn in Ebrisa? One may, may not walk through a Besakvaros. One may not walk through a cemetery and um, with tefillin on his head, the sefer Torah as well as holding on to a sefer Torah in your arms and reading from it. These are all things which are not allowed in a cemetery. And in the event that somebody ignores this restriction and does it anyways, what is the problem? So the issue is, because we haven't really discussed what the issue is, so we say, over mishum loeg l'rash. It should say, Get rid of the space. So one is in violation of the prohibition of mocking the deceased, the poor, that's lowing the rush, and you make him a mockery. So the idea is, is that here you are, in a sense, showing off to the deceased that you have the ability to go ahead and do mitzvahs when the deceased themselves, because of they've passed away, they're no longer connected to their body, they can no longer perform mitzvahs, and it's considered to be a disrespect to the deceased to go ahead and do mitzvahs in their, in their, uh, in their area. So how could the earlier source imply that it's only going to be usher for the onain who's watching the, the body of his dead relative when there seems to be this universal restriction against learning or davening in the vicinity of a grave or somebody who's passed away? So the Gemara answers, that when it comes to the initial source, so the only restriction is going to be if you are within uh, within four Amos, is it going to be Aser? But if you're outside of Arba Amos, of the four Amos of the deceased, 
So then you're going to be chayev. So chayev on what? What? Chayv Chayv, what does chayev mean? Chayev and Kriyashma. Oh, oh, okay. Chayev and Kriyashma, sorry. Okay, okay. What, one more question. Um, yeah. The first the first two words, meto umeshamro, the, um, does it mean and or does it mean or? I, you, do you have to be both your relative and you're the shomer or if you're either the relative or the shomer? I think it's both. Both simultaneously. I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so here the Gemara establishes for us this idea that doing uh, mitzvahs in the immediate vicinity of the corpse, of the of the body, uh, it doesn't make a difference what mitzvah it is. It can be the study of Torah, it can be davening, it can be tefillin. Another uh, simon in Shulchanach talks about wearing tzitzis. Any one of those things, wearing a talus, any of those things nearby the uh, the dead body is considered to be disrespectful, and you're not allowed to do so. And it's prohibited to go ahead and, and do so. Postkim talk about, we're not going to explore this, but postkim talk about, let's say you see lightning when you're in a cemetery. Would you say the bracha on lightning? Or I saw other postkim talking about eating and drinking in a cemetery, whether it's appropriate to make a bracha or not. And that actually becomes quite relevant because... Sometimes when it's a really hot day and there are, people are outside for a long time, there's concerns about dehydration and people are drinking water. And is that something which is appropriate? Is that something which is not appropriate? So all of these are important questions to ask because there is a decorum which is mandated in the vicinity of a dead body or in a uh, cemetery. And it's important that uh, one behave according to that proper decorum because certainly one does not want to be disrespectful to the deceased. And then also, I, as I was gathering together the sources, so I forgot to put this in, but as we began, I realized uh, that I did. But this is considered to be so um, severe, such an important issue, that if you look, I'll add this later on, but it's in Orachayim, Simon Ayin Aleph, Sif Zion. It says, It's prohibited to go ahead and to read Kriyashma within four amos of a body or within a cemetery. Now here comes the key, vimkara lo yatsa. And if you did read Kriyashma in, when you were not supposed to, you're not yotze the mitzvah. So that's something which is a huge chiddush to say that you went ahead and read, read Kriyashma out of concern that maybe you did something disrespectful to the deceased, so therefore we're going to deny you fulfillment of that mitzvah. And if you look in the in the Mishabura there, in Sif Katan Yudzayin, so he writes, Kansu Chachamim Hov al The Chazal went ahead and penalized the person who said Kriyashma because the person disregarded their warning. Chazal said, don't say Kriyashma in the cemetery. And you went and did so, and they say, you know what? We're taking away the mitzvah from you, and we're not going to give you credit. And this is true, says the Mishabura, even if you didn't know that it was Aser. Somebody who was uh, uh, was not fortunate enough to attend tonight's class, so they go to a cemetery and they read Kriyashma, and somebody says to them afterwards, hey, you know, I don't think I went to this great class last night, and I learned that you're not supposed to say Kriyashma in a cemetery. He says, well, I didn't realize, so I probably get credit anyways. You say, well, I learned you actually don't get credit. At least the Shulchan Aruch says you don't get credit. Then the Mishabura quotes, it's actually a machlokas derived in the Rambam, whether or not you can get credit for, uh, for, for that or not. 
And for Kriya Shema, so the Mishnah Baruch decides, since there's no brachas inside, there's no concern about bracha levatala, so for Kriya Shema, he says, you should go ahead and say Kriya Shema again. For other brachos, then it would be a, a different issue. But we're dealing with a significant uh, prohibition over here that Chazal went ahead and said, we may very well take away the mitzvah from you. And if you look at the shach in your day over there, so he says also an amazing thing. He says, Kasav Mashal. So the Mashal says not only is Kriyashma or let's say Shmon Esrei going to be Aser, but the Mashal says, Duhuadin Kaddish, even Kaddish itself, you have to be four Amos away from the grave before you say Kaddish, because even saying Kaddish is something which could be seen as loeg Larosh, as making fun of the, uh, the deceased by doing it in their vicinity when they themselves cannot daven. And you see that other posts can quote this, uh, this idea as well. So we're dealing with this idea that doing any sort of mitzvah within the vicinity of the deceased is something which is disrespectful and should not be done. Yes. What, what, what about the funeral? What? what? What about the funeral? I mean, people are saying Kaddish at the funeral. Yeah, so the, according to the Shach, they have to step for almost away from the, the, the grave before saying Kaddish. Also, um, you mentioned Tzitzi. Yeah. So when you go to a funeral, yeah. when you go to a funeral, not me, but when you go to a funeral, do you take your Tzitzi down? Well, you wouldn't because you don't go into the room. But you, you, you just make sure they don't show. You, so the, you, there, if they're there, hanging there, out, there, you tuck them in. There are some which used to take off the talus cotton when they went to a funeral. In practice, mm -hmm. what people do is they tuck their tzitzis into their pants. They say dafke all the way into their pants. It's not like uh, uh, under their jacket, but it has to be in their pants so that even when the jacket you know, were to uh, fly in the wind or something like that, that, they wouldn't be visible. So that people do do. But uh, but yeah, and thank you. Why 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 isn't Kaddish the same as a eulogy? That it's uh, for you know out of respect for the dead person you're saying Kaddish for. Right. So we'll see whether or not that that will will be true. That is a possibility. But something that Post can point out is if I'm standing by Ruvain's cover and I'm saying Kaddish for Ruvain, if I'm within four almost of Shimon's cover, so maybe that's disrespectful to Shimon. Aha, uh -huh. okay, yeah, got it, all right, yeah, only for the same kever, okay, yeah. So we'll we'll see about that, but okay. Okay, now, as a technical thing, but it's a fascinating idea, I told you it's gonna, it may not seem like it's it's exciting, but this is one of the fascinating discussions. So here, the Pisgah Tshuva over there, uh, where he talks about uh, lowing Larash, that not doing mitzvahs in the presence of the uh, the deceased, so he says, I am B'tshuvah Maritat. Okay, you look in that source. He writes, This restriction which we're discussing against putting on tefillin, for example, within Dalar Amos of the deceased, their restriction only applies to those people who had an obligation to perform that mitzvah while they were alive. So if you're in the vicinity of a man who passed away, who had a mitzvah of tefillin, and now once he's dead, he can't, he doesn't have the mitzvah of tefillin, for you to put tefillin on in his presence, so you're making fun of him, because you're, you're doing something which he can't do. Vacham Isaso, and after he, the deceased passed away, that's the phrase which Chazal used, that the person becomes free from mitzvahs. 
And under those conditions where you're doing a mitzvah, which the person used to do or was obligated to do, but is no longer able to do, that's making fun. But let's say you want to wear tefillin near a woman or a child who passed away, who during their lifetime never had the mitzvah of tefillin. So he maintains that there's not going to be an issue of loig the rush because you're not making fun of them during their lifetime. They also didn't do the mitzvah. So the fact that you're doing a mitzvah now after they've uh, after they died, so that's not making fun of them because you're not doing something which they used to be able to do and they're no longer able to do. That's the opinion of the Maritats. But Vaim Betzlach, Brachos Daf Gimel Amabes, Daf Yilches. But if you look at the Tzlach, which is the Nodebihuda, that's his commentary to some Asetnas and Shas. So if you look over there, he writes, the Pshita lay the Gambames Katan Visha Havi Loig He disagrees and he says, no, that there's going to be a concept of Loig Larush, of making fun of the deceased by doing mitzvahs in their presence, even for people who during their lifetime did not do that mitzvah, such as a woman or a child. Einsham, look over there. Okay, the rest of it we don't need to see. So here we have the Pischei Tshuva there in Yoridea brings down an interesting machlokas whether this concern of lowing the rush applies to mitzvahs which the deceased was never obligated to do or well, was never obligated to do during their lifetime. Now, this is something which is not limited to Yoridea. As I mentioned, this halacha appears in the context of Kriyashma. This, this halacha appears in the context of tefillin, and this halacha appears in the context of tzitzis. So once it's appearing in the context of tefillin and tzitzis, that means that we should be able to find a mishabura which addresses this machlokas, and, and indeed, that is the case. In Simen Chav Gimel, Sif Katen Hay, where uh, on the Shulchan Aruch, where he's talking about lowing the rush, not wearing a talus or tzitzis nearby a, uh, uh, the deceased, says the mishabura. Now, the Mishabura says he's going like the No de Behuda, and he says, even if you're near the grave of a child who is not obligated to tzitzis during his lifetime because he passed away before he ever became bar mitzvah, nonetheless, one should be machmer and not wear tzitzis, not wear a towel's guttle, or not wear tzitzis out in the deceased child's presence because of the issue of lowing the rush, because you don't want to mock the child. Now here, he says, the Mishaburah gives a fascinating idea, which we, the Pisgah Tshuva did not quote this, if it's in the note of Yehuda or not. But he says, because the Shema Nishmas Adam Gadolhu, although the person who passed away was a child, that child may have had a recycled adult man's Neshama. And therefore, since his Neshama may be adult male. Therefore, by wearing tzitzis in his presence, you would be making fun of him because the neshama now is incapable of going ahead and doing that. Aval bekever isha. But when it comes to the grave of a woman, the v'chaya gamkein petura, where during her lifetime she is exempt, lekemishum loig l'rush, there's going to be no issue of loig l'rush, of wearing tzitzis, or tefillin for that matter, in the presence of a woman who is deceased because she was not doing that mitzvah during her lifetime anyway. N- number one, she wasn't doing the mitzvah during her lifetime anyways. And it seems to be evident from the Mishabura that he does not believe that a man's neshama would end up in a woman's body. 
because he is concerned that an adult will end up in a child's body. But when it comes to um, taking a neshama from a male and putting it into a female, so the Mishnah Brewer does not seem to be concerned about that. And therefore, he says that there's no issue of loying the rush wearing tefillin or talus or tzitzis nearby a woman. I don't know. I mean, once you believe in Gilgal Nishamot, why do you, why, why is it impossible for a man's neshama to wind up in a woman? I mean... Right. So there's a Kafa Chaim uh, who, uh, I think it's in Hilchus Tefillin, where he uh, he brings down that such a thing can occur, that a man's neshama ends up inside of a woman, and it has consequences. It creates a, a mixture which is not so uh, which is not so good. But that's why this is this is interesting because the Mishabura seems to take it as a given that such a thing cannot happen. Male uh, neshamas stay by males, female neshamas stay by females, and we don't cross bodies and neshamas. Isn't there a midrash that says that somehow or another uh, Yitzchak actually had a female neshama for a while, and that's why he it was not until the um, the Akeda that he lost that female neshama. And uh, uh, that's why after that, um, Avram could look for a wife for him. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. You have much more expertise. No, I, I, I'm not, not an authority, but I, I know I've, I've heard someone give that idea before as the reason for why it was only after the Akeda that that uh, Avram looked for a wife for his son, uh, and yeah, okay, well. So, so the the Kavachim, the this, the context which which he brings it in is the Gemara in Erevin. The Gemara in Erevin talks about that Michal Bas Shaul put on tefillin. So, in the Kavachim, quoting others, but the Kavachim says the reason why she put on tefillin is because she knew she had a male neshama. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it was appropriate for her to go ahead and put on tefillin. But yeah, but okay, Mishabura doesn't seem to go with it, doesn't seem to entertain that. And uh, okay, so that's interesting point number one. Okay, now let's go ahead and let's start seeing some of the leniencies which exist. So now this is in Shulchan Aruch, this is a different section of Shulchan Aruch there. This is earlier in Avelis, before we were in Shin Ayin's, Shin Samach Zayin. Now we go back to Shin Mem Dalet. So here the Shulchan Aruch says, So as we mentioned, you're allowed to say psukim and darshan those psukim in order to give, as part of the eulogy, to give honor to the deceased. Even if you're within four amos of the deceased, hmm. or even in the cemetery, all of that is going to be permitted. Why is all of that permitted? So he says, that, and now this is going to address art, what I mentioned before in terms of the Kaddish, this, uh, this next source of the Lavush. So here, so l- without uh, asking the question, the Lavush answers the question, but we have to go ahead and speak out the question. So imagine that they're doing a graveside ceremony. And in the graveside ceremony, so there's lots of people who are sitting all over the place. And you have the speaker who is darshaning Sukim and Chazal and Midrashim and all sorts of different things. So granted, it may be that for the deceased that they're talking about, so this is appropriate. But what about all the other bodies which are in the cemetery? Why isn't it making fun of them? Because you're not talking about them. So <coughs> the Lavush 
one of the earlier commentators on Shulchan Aruch, so he writes as follows. He says, So psukim in drushes of the psukim that we say to give honor to the deceased is allowed. Even if you're within four amos of the deceased or in a cemetery, then Levush adds, And this is not considered to be loig Larush, making fun or mocking the other deceased. Being that the intention is to speak about and to give kavod to the deceased who is being buried. So that's now considered to be a benefit to everybody. A benefit to everybody, or everybody's satisfied with it, everybody's happy with it. I'm not sure necessarily how to translate the term necha, but it's considered to be something which is going to be good for everybody else. And therefore, that art, as I said, that addresses your, your Kaddish question. That there's this idea that once you have a heter to do so, because it's covered for this mace, we can then generalize that, and it, once it's being done for the covenant of one mace, the other masim are not going to be offended or feel that you're making fun of them. And then that becomes that becomes a heter for all that stuff which is going on, even though others are are uh, are nearby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I, I think okay. the translation of Nicha is just that they're 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 okay with it, not necessarily that they're happy about it, but right. So it's, uh, depending on the context, Nicha can have all sorts of different uh, 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 meanings, all related to that. But yeah, okay. Now we get to now. It happens to be that it's not uncommon to go ahead and visit various Kivrei Tzadikim. One could go to Kever Rachel. One could go to Mar Samach Pela. One could go to Meiron in the kever of Reb Shem Bar Yochai. So there's lots of different places which are known kivrei tzadikim, and it's not uncommon to see minyanim which are which are taking place there. And the question is, we just read these explicit sources which said that it's not allowed. So if I go ahead and I'm saying a hesped, I'm eulogizing somebody who passed away, so that we could get away with. But when a person goes to Davin Mincha, let's say in Mar Samachpela. They're not davening for Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, uh, uh, Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, and Leah. Can't include them all. We're not, you're not davening for them. What you're doing is you're just davening mincha. So if you're just davening mincha and it's not being done specifically the covered hames for the for the honor or the respect of the deceased, so why would it be permitted to go ahead and daven? Chakras or Mincha or Marv or anything of that sort, which uh, in the vicinity of those uh, those places, it should be clearly also because we have all of these sources which say that you're not allowed to daven and do mitzvahs nearby somebody who's uh, who's passed away. So what is the heter? Uh, what is the heter to do so? Okay, so one source, what one source which I wanted to get, which will be a follow up to this. So I wasn't able to get because their website was down. And no matter how many times I tried to go in through some sort of back door, uh, they did not let me in. So I was uh, locked out. But uh, this is from the Chuvas Vayashev Hayam. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Is it a Pasuk art? Vayashev Hayam? Yeah, it's 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 right right before uh, right before the Shira, where uh, the the uh, the the the, the uh, Yamsuf uh, was split, and then it it it. Come, goes back to its regular place. Yeah. 
So this is so this is the Chuvas by Rav Yaakov Hillel. Rav Yaakov Hillel is originally from India. He is one of the uh, Sephardi Gedolim. Uh, the advantage for all of us is that he speaks English, and uh, but he's one of the great Mukubalim also. So he but he combines an interesting um, in very much in the Sephardi tradition. He combines this interesting way of of fusing together halacha and Kabbalah. So he's got Shuvasar, which are very much halacha-based, but he's able to try and, like, he does a, a masterful job reconciling halachic sources and Kabbalistic sources, which sometimes seem at odds with one another. So he has a tshuva about uh, um, davening nearby uh, by, by Kivrei Tzadikim. So he goes ahead and he mentions in the, 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 towards the end of the tshuva, and they give introductions to the different sections. He says, Kula Behemek Shela. So it's a Kula which you find in the writings of the Nitziv. To allow in our time Sedavin nearby a kever. Why? Because often the deceased is more than 10 Tvachim beneath the surface of the ground. And as we'll see why, as long as the deceased is more than 10 Tvachim deep, so then it is permitted. And then Rav Yaakov Hillel himself, Yishev Rav Shlema, uh, that uh, he goes in and he questions this, uh, this allowance. So he says, So he says, we find this enormous leniency. The author of Hemek Shela is the Nitziv. The Nitziv wrote a commentary to the Shiltas of Rav Achaygon. And we don't want to go through the whole history of that, but okay. Most people only know of the Shiltas because the Nitziv wrote a commentary on it. Where he says, um, Okay, we don't need all of that. Different machlokas which is going on. So the Nitziv writes, It makes sense that this is common practice. Lomar to say, He says that Common practices based on, like we saw in Shin Samach Zayin, to go ahead and to say Kaddish at a distance of four Amos from the graves. Want to make sure that one is not right in the direct vicinity of a grave, even when saying Kaddish, like the Shach said. Then the Nitziv adds, Vlo'od, not only that, El Shemakilin Samach Lekever Mamash. But there are people who are lenient, and they go ahead and they will say Kaddish directly adjacent to the grave. What's the reason? Vatam, and the reason why this is allowed, the reason why nowadays this would be uh, permitted is because common practice nowadays is that the body is more than 10 tfachim below the ground or into the ground, below the surface of the ground. And if something which is 10 tfachim deep or 10 tfachim higher, halachically is always considered to be in a different domain. So when you and the body are on the same plane, you're considered to be in the same domain if you're within four amos. But when the body is ten tfachim deep, so then even if you are right there, right next to the grave, and even perhaps even on top of the grave, the body is still considered to be in a separate domain, and therefore it's not a problem of loing l'rush. It's not a problem of mocking the deceased because they're somewhere else, they're in a different room, and as long as they're in a different room, so it's not going to be a problem. And he says, don't think that I'm making this up, claims the Nitziv. 
Brachos, like the Bryce and Brachos teaches, that if the place where the body is is more than 10 Tfachim higher than you, we'll say, or it's lower than you, 10 Tfachim, Yoshe Betzina Vakar Kriyashma. So you're allowed to say Kriyashma, even though within a vertical plane, you may be very close to their plumb line, but nonetheless, since they, I'm sorry, on a horizontal plane, you are very close to their, to where they are, but since on a vertical plane, they are ten tvachim beneath you, or ten tvachim above you, so that's a different rishos, it's a different domain, and not a problem. And then he says, uh, right, and he says, ubimehagamara he says in the time of Chazal, they did not bury bodies so deep beneath the surface of the of the of the ground. And therefore they were not ten fachim deep. It was a lot of digging back then. So it was a, it was a, they didn't uh, do so. And therefore that's why it was a concern. But nowadays where common practice is that the body is more than ten fachim beneath the surface, says in its eve, it's not going to be an issue. So therefore, what do we see? Says Rav Yaakov Hillel, he summarizes and he says, Hare Kamon, Lefize. So he says, based on what the Nitziv writes, the Bismanenu Shekovim Al Pirov, Lamatam Yasara, Chashim Krishna Sacheres. Nowadays, where most people are buried more than 10 Tvachim deep, so they're considered to be in a separate domain and it's not going to be a problem. In Kreng, Kvar Enoshach, Klaal Meata Halachazu, and therefore this Halacha is, in a cemetery at least, it's no longer relevant. Before the burial, when the body is still just in the casket, so then it's still relevant. But in the cemetery, it's almost never. And therefore, be permitted to read Kriyashma or Davin anywhere in the area of a cemetery, even if you're right next to a grave. But he says, okay, then he says, the Stechemed didn't want to rely on this Lamaisa. Now it's in the next paragraph where he goes ahead and he goes full-on Kabbalistic on us. And this is also part of the exciting thing. And he says as follows. He says, I think he means, as I was searching, as I researched, I found another reason to challenge this opinion of the Nitziv. Based on this other Sefer, Shehevi, sorry, Shehevi Shumak He says, who brings the name of the Mekubalim? Shekapenus log the rush who clape nefashos hamesim. That the issue of lowing the rush is not when you're in the vicinity of the body. The lowing the rush, the concern of mocking the deceased, is because of the neshama which is there. Haninsoyim lemalam hakvaros. And the neshama isn't in the ground together with the body. The neshama is above the ground, above the, uh, the the ground, and that so you don't have the the heter that since the body is ten fucking beneath the ground, therefore it's okay because the lowing the rush is not vis a vis the body. The lowing the rush is vis a vis the neshama, and then he goes and he quotes from the Arizal. He says, which is also a fascinating idea, sheyesh mibchinas nefesh hamais. Because there's a part of the neshama of the deceased, hachonim al that resides on the matzeva, on the grave marker itself. So the lowing the rush is not your vicinity to the body; it's your vicinity to the neshama, and the neshama is there over the surface. 
the neshama is there is by the headstone. We we will go ahead and say, and therefore it says of Yaakov Hillel, he says in Cain accordingly, Hagam Shaguf Hamez cover Asara. So based on this Kabbalistic perspective, granted the body may be ten tefachim beneath the ground, and therefore you're not making fun of the body of the deceased. <laughs> but a dying shach less than we pass on nefesh shachon al gabi kever. But there still would it be applicable. The concern would still apply just by virtue of the fact that the neshama resides above the surface of the grave, specifically by the matzeva, until you are four amos away from that. And therefore, Yaakov Hillel goes in and rejects the chiddush of the netziv, the leniency of the netziv. Now, what I wanted to bring for you... Can, was, can I ask a question? Yes, um, in, in terms of the original Shiloh that this woman asked you, um, for those who want to who want to make use of this kula, what's the mitzius? Are these these gedolim that are buried? Hold on, so we're, can we're, we're getting there. Hold on, hold on. Hold can on. we assume that they hold are on, four hold ten? On. That's, hold on, we're, 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 that's that's what the Gesher Chaim is going to address now. I see. Okay, I, I'm with you. I'm... <laughs> I, I would say I'm a step ahead of you, but I'm not. We're on this. We're, we're in lockstep because that's a, the very, the very next source. So the the uh, Revol Yashiv, and this is what I wanted to quote, but I couldn't uh, get my hands on. Revol Yashiv maintains that the opinion of the Nitziv is very mistaber. It's very logical, and he said that we're not going to reject the logic. The um, the the um, I should have kept the safer here. That we're not going to reject the logic of the Nitziv based on the nistaros, based on these hidden ideas, these hidden Kabbalistic ideas, that the neshama is going to reside by the matzeva or above the grave, and therefore we have to be concerned about that. And apparently, Revel Yashiv Paskin liked the Nitziv that that is a leniency. Now, we get to the point which Arch just raised. So nowadays, we bury more than 10 tefachim beneath the ground, but we're talking about davening in Mara Samach Pela, Kever Rachel, or by the uh, by the Rashbi or Shimbar Yechai. So, what's going to be the story with that? Where are they buried? And is there something which is there some leniency which can apply to them? Because as we mentioned, that they probably were not buried ten tefachim beneath the ground. So, how are we going to apply this? So now says the Geshrachai, which you all know is one of the more more, if not the most authoritative svarim on Hilchos Avelis. So he writes. He says, if you hang out by enough of these graves, enough of these places, you see people davening there all the time. Davening shachris, davening mincha, davening marav. Sometimes they do all three tefillahs all at once. You get a little bit crazy there. So when you have people davening there all the time, and the question is, is this allowed? Is it not allowed? What's the story? So he says, in his analysis of it, he says, rashbi. He says there's also not going to be an issue, davening shachris minchor marv by the kever of Rav Shumbar Yochai, the gamhu ubno Rebelazar, because both Rav Shumbar Yochai as well as his son Rebelazar Reb Shimon, genuzim b'mara, they are actually buried in a cave, a different room than where the people gather. Shehi Rishus Bifneatzma, which is considered to be a separate domain. And as we mentioned before, everybody agrees that if the body is in a different domain, there's no problem of, of lowering the rush. So wherever people uh, enter, the room that they enter into is not the room where the deceased are buried, or Shemar Yechai, or Belezer Shun are buried. And therefore, that's not going to be an issue. That's for sure, Mutter, he says. No Shaila. 
Aval b'mashu mispan ba'ol kever rochel imenu shoshes atfilos. But he says the fact that people also daven by kever rochel all the time. So that he says yeshkas makom lepakbeg. So there we cannot say that she's buried in a separate room. She's not. She seems to be buried right there where the people are gathering. So what's going to be the allowance from that? And he says v'ra'inu, and we've seen shechosni v'zekeni. Moreno, Moreno, Hagon, uh, should be Rebbe Shmuel Salan. He says that one of the old, the previous uh, chief rabbis of Yushalayim, Rebbe Shmuel Salan, that when he would visit Kever Rachel, so he and his minion would actually exit the room where most people had gathered to say Tehillim and whatnot. And they would go into the hallway or the entrance way in order to daven mincha, and they would not do so specifically in the area where they would be within the vicinity of Rachel Imenu. So the Gesher Chaim points out that the Rav Shmuel Salant was indeed machmed about this thing, but the Gesher Chaim acknowledges but he says, we've seen many gedolim who in the past daven there, and even presently to this day, we find people who daven there. So it seems to be that there's a machlokas, whether it's allowed or not. He doesn't give a, he doesn't record the reason why these other gedolim maintain that it's mutter. He just says that we observe that this is something which they are doing. And certainly these gedolim are aware of the Gemara and Brachos on Yerches, and they're aware of the Sifim in Shochanarch, like Shin Samach Zion, and they must have some rationale as to why this is okay. But he says that this is something which is all right. And now he says, and now the last source over here is this is something which is also which may have been relevant to the original Shiloh that this girl asked. Depends on where it is. I didn't get to all that uh, that detail, but the Piskei Chuvas when he brings this down, he makes an important point, and that is he says Amnam. The whole allowance, the whatever leniencies which you may use from Shimar Yochai, Maras Hamachpela, maybe, maybe even Kevarako, that's only going to be true when it comes to Kivrit Sadikim, Asher Hema Benifrad Mishar Kvarm, which are separate and apart, or for our purpose over here, they are contained in a separate building and there's no other bodies nearby. It's not in the middle of a cemetery. But if you have the kever of a tzaddik, which is located in the middle of a large cemetery, so granted, there's a tzaddik which is buried here. You could go to Harmenuchos, and you could find the grave of, for example, of Moshe Feinstein. So certainly, where Moshe Feinstein is the kever of a tzaddik. You can find, I think tonight, maybe Roshomel Zalman's Orbach's uh, yard site. So you can certainly go to places, and you could want to daven by the, uh, the kever of, of, of Shomel Zalman, but even if they have some sort of structure which may be around them, but but he says there is no minog in those conditions to go ahead and to daven shachris mincha marav. The ein lahakel and one should not be lenient as far as that. The whole allowance that there may be to daven in the vicinity of tzaddikim is only when the grave of the tzaddik is all by itself, not near anything else. But in the event that you have a circumstance where it's not only the grave of a, of a tzaddik, but there are other kvarim which are nearby, because it's the middle of the cemetery, that the Piskei Tshuva says, that it's, there's no allowance for that whatsoever, 
and minyanim should not be taking place on Har Menuchos, on Har Zesim, or any of those places where uh, people are buried in the uh, the uh, the cemetery in Beit Shemesh. Uh, so you wouldn't go ahead and bury, uh, uh, be able to daven over there. It's only for these specific uh, standalone structures which contain Kivrei Tzadik. All righty. Thank you, Rabbi. All right. So it, it, it turns out just to, for, for next week. So although we said we're going to have class on Tuesday, it turns out we're not going to have class on Tuesday. Um, I, I know. Um, that, that's the way the schools work. So I found out that uh, Nasi is having a seal that uh, Tuesday night. Nice. And uh, there's a, they make a Seder beforehand. They have a Seder beforehand before they have the meal. And 